1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. That is just a fact of life. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history, Pedro Fernandez. Mm -hmm. Woo, it's going to be good. Domenici Caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies
2: and gentlemen. Eminem. coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios check it this is ring talk live worldwide aka WBC boxing TV often imitated but never duplicated 37 make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums who am I my name is Pedro Fernandez I am your ever so modest host of course I'm also a four-time golden glove champion ranked number 13 in the Olympic year and and I'm an award-winning writer, so supposedly, and I'm not being conceited, but supposedly I know a little bit about boxing, but guess what? I've always found out the average boxing fan probably knows more, so I'm going to open up the toll-free phone lines for you right now, 1-800-878-7529, that's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, you can call us on the toll-free and, you know, drop your opinion, say what you want. Bottom line is, last night, of course, 12 rounds of boxing, heavyweight boxing, all Mexican-American boxing. Andy Ruiz taking a unanimous nod after getting off the deck in round number two against Chris Ariola. A bit of controversy, not in the actual winner, but in the scoring itself. Some people thought these scores were a little bit wide. And Mr. Ariola we'll talk about that in depth after the break. Of course, him and Chris, uh, him and uh Andy Ruiz, of course, they're pals. I mean, it was no knock on... Ruiz was a knock on the judges. We'll see if that's just... We'll talk well with Larry Merch today. We'll bring in... We'll take that back. We're going to step in time. We'll bring in Larry today, but we'll step back in time with Gennaro Hernandez. Of course, his the anniversary of his death is coming up in a couple of months. Of course, man, he was my partner. There's no doubt about it. Of course, he was on the show like 48 hours before he passed away. And we'll also celebrate the life of Nick Charles. Of course, the Showtime broadcaster, the ESPN. I did everything. Of course, he was Mr. CNN with all that beautiful hair before he got sick. Bottom line is we're going to talk about history and more today on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV. After the break... We'll hear from Ariola and Ruiz and, of course, bringing in the godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, WBC Boxing TV, live on stream, uh, twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. Did I get that out? Yeah.
3: Seventeen
2: fifty nine. Welcome back to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, a Sports Byline production. My name is Pedro Fernandez. We're talking boxing and MMA today, only on Sports Byline.
0: He is Mexican. He's proud to be Mexican.
2: The Hall of Famer, Bob Arum, of course. Uh, Mr. Todd Frank, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show, of course. He is, uh, part of the Tyson Fury team. They seem to not be able to close this deal with jo- Anthony Josh. Of course, a big fight over in the Mideast, allegedly. It's been signed 10 times. We'll talk about that in depth a little bit later. Last night, heavyweights win a battle. Of course, pay-per-view. I didn't buy it. I won't spend 55 or 60 bucks to watch this card. but I give them props. They did put it on pay-per-view. Of course, it was a, an entertaining fight. I'm talking about Chris Ariola, Of course, 38 years old now. Uh, he lost. I mean, it was, it was sort of expected. He was like a, in some, some sports books, he was like a 20 to one underdog. I kid you not. I mean, if you want to bet on Ariola, he only got ten to one. But if you wanted to bet the other way, it was twenty. Bottom line is he lost on these scorecards: 118 109, 118 one eighteen, one hundred nine, and one seventeen, one ten. Now, while he probably doesn't doubt to the fact he lost, he does doubt the 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 scores. I mean, because in the second round he knocked Ruiz down and then he got him up again. And he stumbled him again. So I'm saying to myself, you know, technically that's probably a 10-7 round. I mean, there wasn't two knockdowns involved, but he he stunned him again and made him wobble and he had to take a couple backward steps, that kind of good stuff. So it. Could have been a 10-7 round. Anyway, definitely a 10-8 round without a doubt. So I guess the judges, that's all they gave uh Mr. ariola was that one round. Because with 118-109, 118-109, it means like, you know, two rounds. They gave him that one round. That was it. 108 would have been a shutout. So they gave him that one round. Bottom line is he won more than one round. And I think I'll talk about that in depth. Bottom line is let's hear the devotees guys post-fight.
5: You know, Chris Adorella, he's a veteran, he's a hard puncher, and, you know, we did what we had to do. We won the victory, but you remember, I was low to the lowest, and I have to come back to the ladders. Yeah, keep going, bro. It's all good. But like I said, we did what we got to do, and thanks to God that we got this victory, and now to the next.
6: It was an incredible battle. It started uh, a little adverse for you in terms of the knockdown. Did he have you hurt in those early rounds?
5: Yeah, he, he got me with a good, clean right hand. I dropped my hand a little bit. I was too um, overconfident, but, you know, tops off to Chris Aderola. He got me with a good one, but I kept going, I kept going, and you know what? We, we got the victory.
6: It's not as though you haven't been there before and come back, so how much did that experience that you've had in that Joshua fight help you to persevere in this fight?
5: Helped a lot, you know, but I felt a little rust, and I know other fighters cause could relate to that, but... You know, we did what we had to do, and we got the victory. But if he wants to run it back, we can run it back. We can have Chris Arrola and Ruiz too.
6: In terms of the the championship rounds, it seemed as though in the eighth round you kind of found your rhythm. Uh, what adjustments did you make in that in those middle in the middle ground of this fight?
5: Just as trying to counter punch and work the body. You know, we we slowed him down a little bit, but I felt a little rusty. But you know, on to the next.
6: You said you'd like to run this back. Is that what you want next?
5: If, if the promoter wants that, and if the fans want that, we can run it again right here.
6: Congratulations on a great win. I want to talk to Chris Ariola really quick, because would you like to run this one back? I know you two have a lot of re- mutual respect for one another.
5: Absolutely, man. You know what? I respect the judges, but today, I always said that beauties in the eye of the beholder, they like a butterface. Everything's pretty but their face. Honestly, man, did he win? Fine, but don't tell me you're only gonna give me two, three rounds. I won't be like Dr. Dre. All y'all can-
6: I have to ask you about your shoulder. I just saw Jack Reese come to you. We saw. But, Lynch, a, c- a couple of different rounds, what's the story with the shoulder? Was it bothering you? Nah, you know what? I got
5: hit a couple times. One time in the shoulder, you kind of threw it off. But it ain't no big deal. It's part of boxing, man. In all honesty, we can run this back and let's do it again, man. Because look at me. Look at my face. I'm still good. I'm still ugly, but I'm still good.
2: Chris Ariella talking a good game afterwards. Of course, it was a pretty good fight. 12 rounds, a heavyweight competitive fight for, uh, for 12 rounds, of course. But it was on pay-per-view, and I'm against paying... For fights on pay-per-view, they're not pay-per-view worthy. Now, a guy that knows a little bit about pay-per-view is my next guest. Of course, he's a retired HBO godfather, Mr. HBO himself, Mr. Larry Merchant. And how are you this morning, sir? And how's the godmama?
7: Uh, we're doing good, better, things opening up. Um, I went to a pre- pre-fight dinner the other night, hung out with some of my old homies Um <laughs> And um, here we are.
2: Okay. Um, so, you had a, was it was it was there a lot of people at this boxing meeting? We got we've got one the second uh, the second Friday of May, and I'm going to attend. So, like, they're getting about twenty five or thirty people. They used to get about seventy. Uh,
7: I don't know. Uh, that's um, above my pay grade. Okay. But uh, apparently, it was an. Entertaining fight. Um, I thought Ariola coming in as light as he did uh, was was underplayed uh, compared to what Ruiz did for himself, and that's why he was able to give, at his age, uh, a strong performance against a very strong opponent.
2: Strong, and of course, coming in at 250, and everybody's like lauding the fact that he lost all this weight. Still doesn't look like the most conditioned, the most well conditioned athlete in the world. Should he look well? Is that part of the makeup that he should look well conditioned?
7: I think that if you're trying to sell yourself, which a fighter is, that um, it's a pretty good idea to look like a fighter. And maybe people would fall in love with a roly-poly uh, character, but uh, it's a better idea to look like the role you're in. Good point.
2: Um, of course, we're talking with, of course, the retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant, Chris Ariola a little uh, upset at the scoring last night. And, Larry, you and I have talked about this before. And it really doesn't matter the score. It really matters who wins. But I do, f- I do understand his, his, his complaint here because, you know, he, he definitely won more than one round, and he knocked him down in one round, and for the
7: judges only give him. Them- you know, Pedro, uh-huh. I think Ruiz was the house fighter in this case. Obviously. Everybody yeah. was rooting for Ruiz in the business because uh, he did have a piece or, of the heavyweight championship for a brief time, mm-hmm. but he showed he has some, you know, uh, he, he's a better fighter than he looked, certainly at that time when he was weighing up in the 280s. Uh, but I, he made a remark somewhere along the way how he was on his way to going down to 245 maybe, um and it's an indic and i think that he could be talked into the fact the fact that had he not been in shape he might not have survived the knockdown he might not have had so much energy late in the fight um so hopefully he he can take off another five or ten pounds, look a little bit more like the role he has in life as a as a top heavyweight, and um, I'm happy it was a um, a competitive fight. I was unhappy with the fact that the Los Angeles Times did not have a pre-fight article and did not have a reporter covering the event. They took the wire service uh, report of the event.
2: uh, Don't get mad at me for saying this, because I come from the days of all the wire services, you two, too. But thank God there was a wire service to cover it.
7: Okay. Uh, I agree. But the fact that uh, two uh, ranked Mexican-American heavyweights Uh, who have fought around here uh, and and are known around here, that there was no pre-fight story in the L.A. Times, no post-fight story by uh, one of their reporters, Um, could be a staggering blow to the game.
2: I understand that, but, you know, the L.A. Times hasn't been... I can't remember. Earl Gutsky, I think, was the the L.A. Times boxing writer, the guy who used to give me all kinds yep. of play. Was that was that the guy who used to give me all kinds of play? And I got play in that column when I was doing radio and TV down there. He was a good guy.
7: Well, I'm not asking them. You know, today isn't 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is an event that uh, should have been required... Writing and reading in the L.A. Times.
2: Especially considering they were both Mexican-American heavyweights. Larry Murch is our guest. Of course, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines around the planet. one 800 878 That's one 800 We come back from the break. I'm going to talk, ask the godfather about the, the origin of HBO boxing. And of course, the man. Was he the brains behind it? Ross Greenberg. That and more on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
1: Spring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: If it's necessary, i go 12 rounds, and I it. Did if you go to school, so to speak, on what happened to Rosario I'm when
10: he knocked him down play.
11: and then he got I'm
10: knocked out play. himself? I feel good.
2: Godfather of Soul, the retired HBO Godfather line, of course, from S- uh, Southern California, City of Angels. Larry, the origin of, of HBO Boxing, was it Ross Greenberg by himself that came up with this idea, and were you working for HBO before they did boxing?
7: Uh, No, Uh, I was called in on a fight-by-fight basis before we, we and they understood that there was a yawning gap, the networks were giving up on boxing, Uh, Marvin Hagler had fought for us and was instrumental in showing the boxing world that um, there were some big bucks available at HBO and uh, it was a place to go and uh sell your merchandise uh so uh, no but i i don't think it was Ross Greenberg Ross was our executive producer and he was instrumental in putting together very the, the the broadcast teams and the and new ways of of showing uh, price fights and so on uh but um Michael Fuchs, who was the first head of HBO, literally invented its style, and Seth Abraham were uh, crucial in marketing and and so on and so forth. So it was a corporate effort. That's. Let's put it that way.
2: Okay. And Seth Abraham, and now, of course, he's a guy that he, I, I was sort of blown away by at one time because I didn't know what a minch meant. And he called me a minch before the Hamed-Barrera fight. And I went back to my hotel room. I, I didn't know what it was. I don't think we had the Internet back then, but I had to get somebody. I had a Jewish friend of mine tell me, Pete, it's a good thing. I said, okay, okay, but I didn't know. So I walked away thinking, was he was he happy with me or was he not happy with me? Anyway, he was a class act. Where is he living in Australia? Is that what you told me?
7: Who? Um, uh, Seth Abraham? No, he lives on the Upper East Side of New York, and we're still in uh, constant contact.
2: What is constant contact? Is he? Does he? Does he? Does he? Does he? Does he in the sports still? Is he in the boxing? He used to play tennis. He still play tennis.
7: He still plays a lot of tennis several times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, always a guy who's maintained his conditioning. He's got a Lovely home and wife Lynn, Mm -hmm. and uh, some uh, grandchildren. And he spends uh, summers on a on a farm north of uh, the city. So he's doing pretty good for himself.
2: Well, that's good. He was. um,
7: you know he he left
2: HBO and went to Madison Square Garden i believe and, and took over took over that entire arena when you take over Madison Square Garden what does that mean you're just taking over like you like the, the you're the you're the guy taking care of the arena what does that mean when he was president of Madison Square Garden
7: you know i don't know i think he cuz he had a show, which means that he was uh oversaw uh, the Knicks and the Rangers mm-hmm. Whose home court in ice, the Garden was, and uh, I don't know whether he was responsible for hiring coaches and uh, firing general managers or any of that stuff. <laughs> uh, but um, um, they were also rebuilding the Garden, I think. So uh, he was an eg- an executive producer, and he did produce. Uh, Great
2: things at HBO. No doubt about that. Talking about Ross Greenberg, and, of course, I confuse him for... No, talking uh, about Seth Abraham. I, exactly. Oh, and I was about to say they were talking about Seth Abraham, and I confused him with Ross Greenberg not once but twice. Thank you for correcting me, sir. I, I, I'm no, getting I,
10: old.
7: Can okay, you believe thank that? thank you for taking it well.
2: Uh, you know, uh, bottom line is, oh, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, Godfather Larry Mertz is on the line. Come and do us from Southern California. Larry, this Anthony Joshua um, Tyson Fury fight, they've been talking about it for months. They've went to training camp two different times and broke training camp two different times.
7: Is this going to happen? It's hard to see how it won't happen given given the uh amount of money it's going to generate. Uh, you know, maybe going to the Middle East. Hopefully, it would happen at Wembley, but um, I can't imagine that it won't happen.
2: Do is the Middle East going to be able to support the fight by itself? Do you think people want to go to the Middle East to see a fight? Do you think they would go over there for a sporting event? I was sort of, I would sort of, I would be a, a slight bit hesitant.
7: Well. Uh, I can understand that, but in particular in uh, in Dubai, they've they've uh, put up a lot of front money to uh, create that area of the Middle East as a as a tourist attraction. That they're the good guys, not the bad guys, and that you're safe there. And mm. uh, they've had several fights already, and. Uh, I imagine they would bid pretty, pretty high to get that fight.
2: Yeah, Godfather, I spent uh, 11 days in Dubai and all I saw was hookers and burkas. That's all, and I didn't (laughs) engage, I didn't know, I didn't engage in the hookers. That's that's what you saw. How
7: long ago was that, Pedro?
2: Oh, I guess about 2012. Yeah, well, um, Godfather, you remember that trip I went over there, and I got back to the airport. My airline ticket wasn't paid for after I checked it. It was full. It was paid for before I left San Francisco. When I got to the airport in Dubai, it wasn't paid for. So I had to pay eighteen hundred bucks to get on a plane to come home. And Then, of course, yeah, yeah. And the check that I got for twelve grand—you don't think that you you don't think that check didn't bounce, do you? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
7: well, when you when when you go abroad, you better be uh, have some guarantees up front.
2: Well, I didn't have the HBO banner behind me or anything like that. I was just right. an independent.
7: I was That's just an right. independent guy on my own. Were, uh, but on the other hand, here you are talking about it all these years later.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, but good lord, that was a bad. Tri- I mean, to lose to, to to lose fifteen grand on a trip where you're supposed to like make fifteen grand and end up losing fifteen grand, it's just not a good thing. Anyway, on to another subject. You talked about Marvin Hagler, his recent passing. Have they have they have they ever attributed it to anything in particular? I heard he had cancer, but they're not saying anything. Do you know?
7: Well, I I've, I've heard that they're saying now it was a heart attack. Okay. Um, Marvin was wound very tight. Ooh, the tightest. And he was angry at the way the 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 gods of the boxing universe didn't seem to shine on him and that he had to work harder than anybody else to get where he got. He went out and fought, a, fought the Puncher Hearns uh, like a puncher <laughs> in the best fight of that era. He went out and tried to outbox Sugar Ray Leonard, a, a big mistake, and blew that fight, and he was wound pretty tight. Uh, but you would think his end came the way we all hope uh, prize fighters would end their careers. Um, he lost to Leonard. He was offered ten million dollars or more for a rematch. It was such a big event, and. He just said, that's it, I'm gone. So it's a little little mysterious, as you suggest, and disturbing that at the age of 66, uh, a guy who who played by the rules and, and, and fought I mean, by the rules um, should go that quickly.
2: But, but you can understand his bitterness. I mean, I could 50-something fights before he even got a world
7: title shot. Well, you're right. And he was bitter, but the bitterness uh, came he back. Turned the beat. bitterness, yeah, into, into aspiration, and that he wasn't going to let let those gods uh, let let him down. He was going to win them over, and he did.
2: He overly respected Duran, uh, lost to Leonard, and had the war with Hearns, and of course the war with Mugabe. Um, can, can we say that he made his bones basically on the smaller guys?
7: Uh, well, three of those guys are smaller, <laughs> are smaller guys, but they were great fighters who, won, who beat other fighter, fighters in that weight class. But maybe he did, but uh, he did it in style, uh, and you add, add add to that the fact that Every one of his fights was fought at middleweight, starting when he was in his early 20s into his mid-30s. He never fought in another division, um, which is testimony to his...
2: Dedication.
7: Yes, and that he he made it happen, but... uh, I don't know that uh, it was as joyful a ride as it has been for other outstanding fighters.
2: Godfather with that. I say kiss the Godmama. We'll talk next week. Have a great week,
7: sir. You too, Pedro. The
2: retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Hall of Fame. More honored to have him each and every week. I'm talking about Mr. Larry Merchant right here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a.
1: WBC Boxing TV. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
7: Baby, 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 baby. Got the
1: deal, baby. I'm Ron Barr.
12: All my life I've been active, playing tennis, pickup basketball, cycling and swimming. But let me tell you, as I've gotten older, my body now tells me when enough is enough and I've done too much. Did you know 100 million Americans suffer from ongoing pain due to aging, exercise, overexertion and the effects of everyday living? I want to recommend Relief Factor to you. Relief Factor can help all those body parts that are hurting, sore, such as neck and shoulder, back, hip, or knee, or just general muscle aches and pains. Here's what I recommend. Go to relieffactor.com to find out more. And Relief Factor has something special for the Sports Byline USA Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only $0.95 a day. So give them a call at 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384 or check it out at relieffactor.com.
0: Time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. As a business owner, you've got a lot of decisions to make. You're the one responsible for your company's ultimate success or failure. You're the one all of your employees
3: look to for direction, and you're the one that has to see the big picture to know what moves to make next. But don't get so caught up in feeling accomplished by getting work done and those to-do items checked off that you forget to check in with yourself. Every week, take 30 minutes to have a meeting with yourself as the chief strategist of your business and make sure you're still headed in the right direction rather than just a a
10: list
0: of tasks and that's your dell small business report
10: what do you get when you talk to a dell technologies advisor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you get someone who understands there's an art to listening mm-hmm. uh-huh. sure. who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard
6: i understand
0: let's get started
10: for advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877 askdell dell
7: hey Pedro how you doing and good evening to everybody out there listening to the show
2: the great Gennaro Hernandez may he rest in peace passed away June 7 2011 of course a two-division champion born May 10th 1966 El Checanito he's got a whole bunch of nicknames bottom line is he was such a classy guy it was just so hard to for him to pass because you know he did that radio interview with me like a month before he passed and of course he did the last interview with me like 2 hours I mean 2 days before he passed and that was like so painful I'm crying on the air thank God that wasn't on video I'm crying on the air and he's having a hard time telling you know it's time for him to check out and he said nobody should have to die this way and this and he was dying from some form of lung cancer upper upper respiratory uh, Cancer. Of the anyway, bottom line is he was really, really a great guy. May he recipes the great Gennaro Hernandez. Now let's talk about some boxing results. Of course, the, uh, the W B light heavyweight title, Dimitri Bivol. Of course, he was a winner and took on a guy that wasn't considered the world's uh, greatest fighter. Mister Richards, of course, came in and got stopped. Uh, take that back. Yeah, he got stopped. Take the main event. Of course, over there across the pond was the W uh, heavyweight. Excuse me, a heavyweight contest, of course, involving Joyceful Parker, the former WBO title holder, twenty nine and two, now twenty one kills, of course, a twelve round split decision winner over Derek Chisora, now thirty two and eleven with twenty three kills. I mean, talk about long teeth, long, long, long of the teeth. That's what Chisora. One judge had it one fifteen, one thirteen for Chisora. Um, the other judges had it one sixteen, one eleven, and one fifteen, one thirteen for Parker. Parker was a house fighter, no surprise there. Um, but you know. It happens anyway. Dimitri Bivol, the undefeated WBA light heavyweight title over now 18 and zip, 11 KOs, a successful winner by a 12-round <clears throat> unanimous win over Craig Richards, now 16 and 2, one draw and nine KOs. on Saturday night, of course, at the O2 Arena, Manchester, the UK. Pretty good fight, no doubt about that. But you know, the, I don't know. He's not the most. He's not the most talented. I'm not the most. He's talented, I'm not the most entertaining guy in the world. Speaking of entertaining, I thought this women's fight was going to live up to the hype. Bottom line is. Undisputed World Lightweight Champion. Talk about Katie Taylor, 18 and zip now, 6 kales Barely held on to her. WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO titles, 135 pounds, against former amateur rival Natasha Jones. Jonas came in at 9-2 and two with a draw, 9-1 and one with a draw and 7 kales, and it was a this close, close decision, 96-94, 96-95, 96-95. Bottom line is she was lucky to get that call, no doubt about that. But then again, you know, You do it again. You run it back again, just like you want to run. I I think that the uh, Ruiz-Areola fight, they should run that back again. And not because I think the is going to win or he's going to do better or anything like that. He may do better. I mean, it'll just be another tune-up fight for for Andy Ruiz. Andy needs to take off some more weight. He needs to get in better shape. Um, People say, oh, man, you know, he came down. Yeah, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He's not ready to challenge the upper echelon of the heavyweight division yet. He needs another fight with a guy like Chris Ariola to, uh eh, you know, get get, his, get himself together, drop another 15, 20 pounds. He's still fat. And whether he's, you know, like Larry Merchant talked about a little earlier, how guys got to look the part. He doesn't look the part at all. And I, I wish him the best of luck. But, you know, God knows if he didn't takes a shot that well. He took that shot to the top of the head last night, and he got dropped, and then he got, you know, it wasn't a great punch. He didn't have a whole lot of leverage on it. was like a, a halfway punch like that. And then, of course, he got staggered a little bit later in the round. I mean, he staggered big time, and yet, you know, they thought he won by 118, 1 to 10. So I don't know about those judges. Anyway, bottom line is, but last week, um, of course, Emmanuel Navarrete, the top-ranked Mexican in the entire world, oh except for Canelo Alvarez, of course, he's going to go. One week from last night. I'm talking about Canelo. Of course, he once-beaten fighter. Lost that decision to Floyd Mayweather back in 2013. Hasn't lost since then. Had that close fight with Giannati Golovkin. Beat him in the rematch. No doubt about that. But there's no controversy uh, as far as the... Canello's Canelo's taking place in, taking part in. Of course, that WBL heavyweight title fight when he knocked out Sergey Kovalev, moved up in weight, sort of proved his bones right there that he had it because Kovalev was not a shot fighter at that point in time, and Kovalev's still rocking and rolling in the 175-pound division. But, of course, Canelo back at 168, taking on undefeated Billy Joe Sanders. Who is he? He's a gypsy. A gypsy from the UK, yeah. Much like Tyson Fury. Remember those guys? I told you they used to, they drive around the country in buses and mobile homes and that kind of stuff. They they call themselves the travelers. And Tyson Fury has a house, but the travelers travel. And they travel from town to town, city to city, and that kind of stuff all throughout Europe, uh, basically through, uh, on a bus or a mobile home. Think about that. Living, it's like gypsies. That's what they do here in, in the United States. Gypsies used to go from, from state to state and like, you know, they would pull off Oh, I'm going to get in trouble saying this. No, I won't. I'll put it this way. Gypsies have been known, and American gypsies have been known, to pull off criminal acts in one state and then move on to the next state and move on to the next state and move on to the next state. As an SF policeman, I used to watch them con people out of money, tell tell them fortunes and that kind of stuff. And you know, I mean, it's it's sort of cool when you can you know you can tell somebody's fortune and get a couple of bucks for it, this and that, like on on uh, as a tourist and that kind of stuff. But when you start telling people that, you know, they got to give you lots of money and come see you again and again and again, and that's what this was all about. It was sort of like when the, these 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 psychics were like crack dealers. They would give people a little bit of stuff that you knew that they knew, and there words, was real obvious stuff like. You're a blonde. Your mother was a blonde? You know? You know, stuff like that, right? And they would just suck people in and people would give them the money. Of course, I took a couple of cases as a cop, two reports, in fact, from people that got stiffed by gypsies. Imagine that, filing a police, police report after you got calmed by gypsies. Shame on you. Anyway, Billy Joe Saunders, undefeated, 168-pound WBO champion, of course, a 5-to-1 underdog. Is he really that big of an underdog? Of course, he's a natural super middleweight. He's never lost a fight. He's had some issues outside of the ring. Of course, there's uh, issues with women. his uh, issues with crack addicts. He's had some... He offered some crack addicts some money. You know, he's he's a bit of a piece of work. But then again, boxers don't have to be scholars, road scholars, and, 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 and good old guys, you know, squire boys outside of the ring. Boxing is boxing. We appreciate them for what they do inside the ring. Yeah, what they do outside the ring is important. I mean, you shouldn't be going around raping people and beating people up and things like that. I understand that. But, you know, boxers seem to... When, when the police get called, if they find out you boxed, shame on you. I mean, cause they, I mean, they, they come ready to fight. I remember one time, um, some girl called the police on I me, mean, you know, we were arguing this and that, and she called the police and she goes, yeah, he's a boxer. And I, I was, oh no, that wasn't too cool to say that. So when they came, I was standing in front of the house. I knew better. I was standing with, you know, roommate. I was standing right in front of the house man because I knew better because that's not the thing you want to tell the police he's a boxer oh no don't tell him that anyway they they have lit me up they were the Brisbane California police Department anybody knows anything about Brisbane California knows that's not the place you want to be if you're a person of color I'm sorry it's just the truth it's right outside of San Francisco but it's like it's like the most redneck place you can ever imagine Mike uh Mike Carroll got out of Brisbane, he used to have Carol's Meats in Risbane, California. He got out of there. It was just too much redneck for him. Of course, he's in San Bruno, California and doing his thing. Of course, a 5-1 to one favorite, Canelo Alvarez. Lost that one fight, as I said, 2013 to Floyd Mayweather. Speaking of Floyd Mayweather, going to take on Logan Paul. Who the hell is Logan Paul? Some guy that's had one fight. I think he's lost to one fight. He fights a cruiserweight. It means he's he's going to be like 199 around 200 pounds. If Floyd's going to come in like at 150 pounds, And Floyd's going to fight this guy, um, I guess the weekend of June 5th, June 5th, and of course that's the same weekend that uh, Teofimo Lopez is going to fight the kid from uh, George Calabasas, Cabra- I believe, Calabasas, of course, from uh, from the, from Australia. Of course, they're going to hook it up for the world lightweight championship. TikTok and is doing one card, and, and I think the other card is going to be done by Triller. So the bottom line is the high tech people are moving into the world of boxing, but only boxing for one night. In other words, like the TF Lopez fight is a real fight. The Floyd Mayweather and, and, and Logan Paul or Jake Paul. Listen, he could fight, he should fight. You want to make this thing interesting? Floyd, do you want to make this interesting? You want to make it? You want to make it so I'm going to want to tune in? Fight both those guys at the same time. That would make me want to tune in and throw you some money. If you all fought both those guys, I'm not talking about one guy being on the stool or one guy being in the corner. I'm talking about both those guys with four hands. You only prove you're a super guy. You beat the guys with four hands because outside of that, man, come on. This is a rip off of boxing. It just is. I mean – You've always been a whore. There's no doubt about that. I know you're the biggest whore in all of boxing. There's no doubt about that. It's like, just like Dana White's the biggest pimp in all of MMA, if not combat sports. But you are the biggest whore. And you've been the best, you've been the best paid. There's no doubt about that. So you've, you've, some people think you deserve that type of money. I don't. I don't think you ever put out as far as entertainment's concerned. You know what? You've got to show up and entertain people. I mean, some people got, whoa, did you see he boxed 12 rounds against Marco Madonna and guys like that? Madani gave him a good fight. Jose Luis, Ramirez might have beat him in that first fight. or No, no, Castillo might have beat him in that first fight. So, you know, I mean, he had a couple of shaky fights, but he's had some stellar performances, but they're all as a boxer, not as a fighter. And there's a difference. You know, Ray Leonard told me one time, we're doing, I take it back, we're sitting in a, in a, in a hot tub in West Palm Beach, Florida, comparing our ankles. We both had skinny ankles at the time. And I said to him, Ray, Ray, what, what, what's the difference between a good fighter and a great fighter? And he thought about it for a second. He looked at me and said, Pedro, a great fighter has won the gamble. You've got to be one to gamble for greatness. And you gotta be gam- you got to be one to gamble for success. This is no doubt. I mean, you just have to. You have to be put it on the line there. And Ray put it on the line. Floyd Mayweather never really put it on the line. Then again, you look at the residual effects that his uncle <clears> – <throat> The late Roger Mayweather had, and the fact that he died punch drunk, and I mean, of, uh, dement- you know, dementia and that kind of good stuff. I mean, he was in bad shape, there's no doubt about that. And they were the residual effects of, of boxing for the most part. I know he he liked to drink his alcohol and things like that. Yeah, I'm not saying that he was a dopehead or an alcoholic, but Roger, did party a little bit down there, and he lived in Sin City, Las Vegas, for like a long, long time. But after, you know, he retired, he and I would hang out and go to fights afterwards. It was sort of cool. I remember one night we saw um, Anthony Spolatro in the mid—I guess it was about 1983, 84 at the Stardust Hotel. Of course, he was the guy that Joe Pesci played in the movie— um, good fellas and I was with Roger Mayweather, and I saw him, there. You, know, you, know, you know, you don't want to mess with that guy. Jim Hunter messed with him. Jim Hunter was working for Don King Productions, and he sat in Tony Spalachos. They called him the Ant. He was the mafia king of Las Vegas. There's no doubt about it. They sent him out from the Chicago mob to, to, to run Las Vegas, okay? So anyway, he uh, went to the bathroom, and Jim Hunter jumped in his stool at the bar, and the bartender was trying to tell him, hey, man, leave, get out of the chair, get out of the chair. He wouldn't get out of the chair. He was, like, being stubborn. And some guy came up and tapped him from behind, and he ended up getting up and moving. And it's a good thing he did, because if he didn't, Jim Hunter would have never lived in another day. I mean, Anthony Desplodio would have killed him. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Now, back to the fight at hand. Billy Joe Sanders. Will he go 12 rounds? In all likelihood, he probably will. Will he lose in 12 rounds? In all likelihood, I think he will. I think is a 4-1 to one favorite for a reason. I think he's the more disciplined of the two. I think he'll throw punches in bunches. I think he'll move it upstairs to the head and downstairs to the body. I think he'll mix his punches up. And the fact that he is the complete fighter right now, say what you want about him, man, but that team Eddie Reynoso, the father and the son, they're getting their guys together. I mean, yeah, they had a little rough time with Andy Ruiz last night but then again Andy Ruiz is really not all that much I mean he's just a big guy had a good amateur record I'm not saying he isn't he isn't a good fighter but he'll never be a great fighter I mean you'll never associate greatness with Andy Ruiz I don't care what you say now am I going to call him Andy Ruiz like I used to no I won't go that far but he's got to lose another 10-15 pounds to be competitive does he come back and fight Ariola a second time I think that'd be the smart move to do of course sorry the promoters will say, well, that's going like to stymie his, uh, his ascent by six months, but it'll give him six months to get back in shape a little bit better, lose some more weight, and he'll take on Ariola one more time. And probably he'll beat Ariola more decisively this time around and show that he is the superior of the two guys. Because getting booed by that crowd last night, that couldn't have been good. That just, I mean, both these guys, Mexican Americans, and the crowd was just eating them up last night. Speaking of the crowd, before we go to the break, <clears throat> I want to uh, admonish the crowd. The uh, fight fans in Carson, California, last night for fighting in the crowd. I mean, I saw some of those the beasts that they had on YouTube and this and that. Listen, this is not the way boxing comes back. It doesn't come back with with fights and the stands and, and things like that. Because guess what? There won't be big fights. There just won't be. If people get scared to put on fights. And you know, people get scared nowadays. Black lives matter. Whoa! Get all freaked out. Well, brown lives matters too. Okay? And last night, the brown guys were acting fools. I saw films of them. So don't be acting a fool. This is a, you're, you, you, listen, you're a, You're representative of your community, especially because everybody's got a phone. So if you get up and do something stupid in the Carson Arena and slug some guy and you take off your shirt and you're a big fat guy, come on, man. I mean, that guy was on YouTube like for three or 400,000 views last night. Getting lit up on YouTube. Not the thing to do. You're not going to be a dummy to get beat up on YouTube. You don't be fighting in the stands. Boxers, they do the fighting. That's why you go to a boxing match to watch people box. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Yeah.
3: Help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. That's 800-693-8290.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council, right here on Sports Byline. And to you, Pedro, I hope I see you ringside sooner than later, buddy.
2: The great Nick Charles. Man, why miss that guy? Of course, Mr. CNN, no doubt about that. Died at the age of 64, of course, born in 1946, died in 2011, June twenty-fifth, two 2011. He was voted the sexiest sportscaster in America, like several years in a row, by the U.S. Television Fan Association. Of course, he and uh, George Cavallo won a couple of awards together for their broadcasting from the... uh, uh the Boxing Writers Association back in two thousand ten. He was just a classy guy and I remember him so much. Of course in two thousand nine he was uh diagnosed with bladder cancer and of course he came on this show and he talked about you know spending all that money that he had so he said he was spending like was it thirty grand a pop, Cuddy? It was thirty grand a shot. He was getting his treatments once a week. He was paying thirty grand a week to get these treatments. Thirty thousand dollars a week and he talked about having health care and without his health care, his wife's health care, he wouldn't be able to get that. So he was able to live like a year and a half or two years longer. But the bottom line is 30 grand a shot and 30 grand a week. How many of us can afford 30 grand a week? That's why medical care, here we go. Health care should be a right for everybody, not just a right for the rich in this country. No doubt about that. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, aka WBC Boxing TV. May he rest in peace. Of course, we also recognize Gennaro Hernandez. Of course, Gennaro passed away. Man, that was tough for me. You know, when Gennaro went, he was on the show, like, as I said, 24 or 48 hours before his passing, and he was I don't like this, and it was just really bad, and I'm crying, this and that, and, and, and there are people here in the studio, and the producer in the other room, he's trying to put it together. Everybody's trying to put this together, but that was probably, without a doubt, the heaviest moment in 38 years of radio, almost 39 years of radio. I think Gennaro Hernandez coming on 48, year, 48 hours before his passing and you could tell he was dying. There was absolutely no doubt about it. You knew it. Death was on the phone. That was probably the most telling moment in Ring Talk history as far as my personal feelings were concerned. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV. Of course, we'll be live on TV, the Sports Byline USA channel. Hour number two, we'll bring in Kenny Rainford. We'll hear from Muhammad Ali. We'll have some fun. Ali goes uh, one-on-one with some chicks. A whole lot of women from the U.K. and Muhammad Ali at hour number two. Plus, Kenny Rainford from, from the U.K. as well. Of course, Ring Talk Live Worldwide comes to you after the news, live, both on... Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, and Twitch.tv, Sports Byline USA. Stay tuned. Hour number two after the news. Hey.
13: USA Radio News with Jeremy Scott. Texas Republican Susan Wright, the wife of the late Representative Ron Wright, and Jake Elsey advanced in the state's 6th Congressional District following a special election this weekend. Elsie defeated Democrat Jana Lynn Sanchez, who came in number three by about 400 votes for the second spot. This ensures a Republican will win the seat in the state's runoff. Nearly two dozen candidates have been competing to represent the Northern Texas District. Police returned fire on a suspect who shot and killed two people inside a restaurant at a casino near Green Bay, Wisconsin on Saturday night. suspect is deceased. Uh, the police have shot the suspect, so there's no threat to the public. Brown County Sheriff's Lieutenant Kevin Pollock says they believe the gunman was intending to shoot someone he was angry at. They were not at the casino, so he reportedly shot some of the intended victim's friends or co-workers. This is USA Radio News.
14: Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. Very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
13: U.S. Army General Scott Miller warns Afghanistan that it would be a mistake for insurgents to attack troops that are still present in the country after the passing of a May 1st deadline. The deal between former President Donald Trump's administration and the Taliban was struck last February. President Joe Biden announced last month that after reviewing the situation, forces would stay in the country and start withdrawing by September 11th. USA Radio's Wendy King takes a look back at when it all began.
11: It's been 10 years since the leader of al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, was killed in Pakistan.
13: We wanted to get bin Laden. I'm really happy we got
0: bin Laden. We
8: sent a message that no matter who you are, how tough you think you are, we have men and women who will go get you, and we did.
11: Robert O'Neill is the Navy SEAL who killed the terrorist in 2011, which was 10 years after the 9-11 attacks. In Afghanistan, the U.S. and NATO forces that still remain there have started leaving. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King.
13: Thanks for listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the healthy bone and joint pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. Research shows young children are not only at low risk for developing COVID-19, but also don't play a significant role in the spread. Colorado's governor says kids should be back in the classroom because the data supports it. There are new pushes to get high schoolers vaccinated against COVID-19 now that shots are available to everyone 16 and older across the country. That comes as school districts return to full-time in-class instruction and some deal with outbreaks. Colorado is one of those states seeing a rise in cases among younger people. But Governor Jared Polis says that kids belong back in the classroom. He tells CNN that the data they have shows that schools have a generally lower infection rate.
4: The data that we have uh, continues to show that schools are a relatively safe place um, in that they're controlled, there's mask wearing. It's not that there's zero transmission in schools, of course
3: there is, but the transmission at schools seems to be a function of the general community
13: transmission rate. So when it's high in a community, it's also high in the schools. When it's low in a community, it's lower in the schools. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Officials are investigating why a deck collapsed at a restaurant on the waterfront in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where a birthday party was being held on Saturday afternoon. Eleven people were injured, and two are said to be in critical condition. A group was posing for a picture when the deck gave way under the weight of more than 40 people, according to Hamilton County officials. WTVC Television reports the partiers fell about two stories to the ground near a lake. For USA Radio News, I'm Jeremy Scott.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
15: It is absolutely necessary that we all get together. We work together. We respect each other. We like and love each other.
1: And now, the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. I'm getting tired of people running for me in the ring. Mike Tyson,
5: uh, Holyfield, you a bunch of bums. Stand up and be a man and fight a real fighter. Pedro Fernandez. <laughs> Dominic Caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, emanating, coming at you from the multi million dollar sports byline studios in San Francisco. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. <laughs> Often imitated, but never duplicated. 37, make that 38 plus years now. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV for the next hour. I hope to entertain you, piss you off, or maybe even inform you. Bottom line is, we hope to have some fun here for the next hour. You can join us on the toll-free. I do drop this at the top of every hour. If you want to join us on the toll-free phone line, you can. The number, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, a big weekend of boxing that just took place. We talked about that. Now we're number one, of course. Chris Ariola having an issue with the judges' scorecards as far as his losing to Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz saying he was... 60% of what he should be at 100%. Bottom line is, we we'll probably need to see those guys roll again. Of course, May 15th, boxing coming back, uh, the WB Superman and weight title is gonna go for uh, up on, on Showtime. Luis Neri and Brandon Figueroa, of course, the 15th as well. Terry Harper and Hung Yun Choi. Of course, that's the WBA and WBC female super featherweight titles, 130 pounds. May 22nd, this is the one you got to watch out for. Josh Taylor, my guy from the UK. I think he's the real deal. I do. He and Jose Ramirez are going to hook it up for the undisputed 140-pound world championship. It's going go to be ESPN May 22nd. That's going to be one hell of a fight. Of course, the 29th, the kid from San Francisco, Devin Haney, the, you know, the email champion or the Instagram champion, whatever he is, taking on Jorge Linares. WBC lightweight title. 29th as well. Nordine Uba taking out no detail in the air. Of course, a Filipino flash from across the pond fighting for the WBC bantamweight title. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
3: That's 800-251-7460.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. The theme for Law & Order. Why am I
2: going to the theme of Law & Order? Lightweight contender, Felix Vidal. Of course, Steve Vidal, formerly... Uh, A hot fighter, no doubt about that, got stopped in the last fight, I think, December of 2020 by Masayoshi Nakatani. Of course, he's a top lightweight, no doubt about that, kid from Japan. I mean, he really is. Anyway, he has wanted an investigation with a murder case, of course, involving a 27-year-old pregnant woman with whom he allegedly was having an affair. The story is front page news in Puerto Rico where press reports report uh, that police have seized his Dodge Durango and they're combing through his phone and text records. Bottom line is, this is the O.J. Simpson of 2021, except he's not going to get away with it, probably. I mean, he's not. I mean, we've come a long way since then. I can't believe OJ got away. With it. Of course, you know OJ and the DNA thing. DNA. Remember that jury? jury that jury? They didn't know what DNA was. That jury in my family. When I try to bring up DNA and, and 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 genealogy, that kind of stuff in my family, sort of like the OJ jury does not apply. Not DNA does not apply. That's what they think DNA is. Does not apply. Anyway, Verdell in a world of trouble, twenty-seven to two. Of course, seventeen Kales not the greatest fighter in the world. They thought he was going to be the next Felix Trinidad or like the next Benito. And all these high lofty you know, expectations. He didn't even make it to be like the next Miguel Cotto. I mean, he really wasn't that good. I mean, he was sort of like a, a Juan Ma type of guy at best, yeah, best, best at that. Juan Maui Lopez, of course, a guy that failed miserably. Uh, i got to say this, though. Vredeo, they thought at one point in time they invested a lot of money in him. Put, put the Puerto Rican people put money in as far as management was concerned. And they thought he was going to be a real deal, but it ain't going to happen. Anyway, last night, Eris Andy Lara, the Cuban national, of course, now the WBA middleweight title holder, of course, a former champion, 154 pounds, now a 160 pound champion. They call him the American Dream. Yeah, okay. 28 and 3, three draws. Um, 16 KO's his third title in his second weight class when he stopped Thomas Cornflake. Listen, if you've got a name like Cornflake, you probably don't belong in the prize fighting game. I mean, Cornflake, Pussyfoot, yeah, come on, Corn, come on, come on. Why not Puffy? Anyway, bottom line is, um, he didn't last very long. How long? <laughs> Knocked him out in the very first round to claim the vacant WBA middleweight title. Of course, I thought Gennady Golovkin had that. It was on the, uh, the undercard down there with Ariola and, um, and Andy Ruiz in Carson, California, call that place the Dignity Health Sports Park now. I guess that's some Dignity Health might be some some health plan like, you know, Aetna or something like that. Anyway, bottom line is Carson, California, came alive last night, almost 4,000 people, more power to them. Lara, of course, 38 years old, dropped Lamano with a straight left hand. It was laid him out in the very first round. The time was 80 seconds into the fight, one minute and 20 seconds into the fight. It was all over. Uh, Cornflake Lara, now 30 and five with 12 KOs and one draw. Cornflake. Think about that. Cornflake. Like, I mean, can you come up with a worse nickname than that? You probably can't. Speaking of upcoming fights, the man with a lightweight title, of course, Tiafimo Lopez, undefeated, the kid from Brooklyn, New York, because his people are from Honduras, going to take on the kid from uh George Camarabraso is coming to us from, of course, from from down under. They're going to do this on June the fifth, and of course, I think that he is the real, the absolute real deal. I think that Tiafimo Lopez is going to be a spectacular fighter for a long time to come. Now, why do I say that? Because I picked him to be Vasyl Lomachenko, when Hector Martinez said I was out of my mind. You know, I mean, he's a boxing expert. Oh man, you're going to lose this time. You're going to lose. No, I didn't lose that time. And, you know, Teofimo female went out there and smoked him for the better part of 12 rounds I mean that fight wasn't even close I mean it wasn't close after the first bell rang it just wasn't speaking of exciting uh somebody asked me what do I what do I think about Floyd Mayweather fights I think I got a mimic Larry Merchant Floyd Mayweather's fights the excitement starts when the first bell rings that's just the way it is I mean you whether you guys want to admit it or not what has he really done I mean I'll go back to an hour in the morning am I spending too much time on Floyd Mayweather He's coming back with this Logan Paul thing. Of course, they're going to go like on uh the day before, the night before Fimo Lopez takes on the kid from Australia. But, you know, Lopez, I said, 16 and zip, 12 KOs. Bad dude, no doubt about that. Taking on George Cambrosos, who's 19 know Of course, Cambrosos, a good fighter. watched him beat the kid from England about four or five months ago. Of course, um... Mr. Lomachenko, still unheard of. Where's he at? I can't even find the guy on a, like, a, a milk carton. Can't even find him on a milk carton. I mean, he was talking smack about Haney, and now Haney's going to be fighting pretty soon. And, you know, why isn't Lomachenko talking about fighting again? I think that Vasil Lomachenko, all 32 years of him, 33 years of him, I think he's an old man. I think he's done. I think you stick a fork in him. I just think it's, you know, you can go so long. Like Marvin got tired after a while. You know, he just got tired after a while. And I think this kid's going to get tired a little bit earlier. He had a whole lot of amateur fights, like 300 amateur fights. And with the fact he never lost a fight or he lost to one fight and he avenged one loss, but something like that, you know, and he lost the the fight early on to Orlando Salito where he got mugged, but he came back and beats, uh, and beats Salito. And of course, the second time around, with uh, as far as the lightweight championships concerned, there's not going to be. There won't be. A, there, he's done his thing. As far as Vasil Lomachenko's concerned, he's done. But is a Jr. probably a five to one underdog, and he's going to get stopped. If he doesn't get stopped, he'll take a beating for the better part of twelve rounds. Now Teofimo Lopez ready to make a statement in this fight. This is a statement making fight. Why do I say that? Because Cambrosa's is going to come straight to him. You, you when you can punch and you've got decent punching power, and he's got only you know he's got twelve knockouts in sixteen fights. That's a good KO ratio, no doubt about that. But 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 the thing there with Teofimo Lopez is there's only 16 fights. He's got this great amateur pedigree. Not really. He's only got like 25 fights as an amateur. So there really isn't all this acumen for him to look back on. But him and his father have got together and put together this team. And they seem to have been, it's a winning combination. There's no doubt about it. I mean, every time that we've doubted him, and Hector doubted him and doubted him and doubted him and doubted him, and and he's come through. There's just no doubt about it. He's undefeated. Speaking of guys that Hector likes to doubt, um, and I'm, I'm trashing my best friend this weekend because I, you know, I don't trash him all that often. I love him. You know that. But, um, Ryan Garcia, Ryan Garcia pulled out of a fight with Javier Fortuna, uh, Lee, I think it's going to be in July. And of course he's stating that he had anxiety or depression issues. You know, Hector can't get into the, the, the depression issue because he can, he's never been depressed. He's never been down. He's just not that type of person. I mean, when my, um, well you know, I mean, when I, I lost the custody battle in the 1990s, I lost like 40 pounds. It was down to 126, baby! 126 pounds, okay? And, um, you know, and something was wrong. So I went to the hospital, spent three weeks there. I was depressed. So, you know, after a few months, I was able to get myself back together. But man, I mean, for, imagine losing 40 pounds and you're wondering why you're losing all this weight. You're just like sad and down and just things are not looking good, okay? And then, of course, you've got, you know, those are depression issues. And then you've got anxiety issues where, Sometimes, you know, you feel like, this, you know, you're panicky and things like that. And, and Larry Merchant can't, can't relate to that, but Hector can relate to that, okay? So when Larry rapped on Ryan Garcia yesterday, he and I were talking on the phone yesterday, the Godfather and I, about Ryan Garcia off script. And uh, he was saying that he thought that Ryan Garcia was maybe choking up. Instead of just saying, you know, I got a bad back or something like that, he went forward with this emotional issue that Larry didn't know if that was the smartest thing in the world to do. I don't know, cause I think that, you know, in Larry's world, in the world of a lot of people, I guess that mental illness is just not as cool as it should be. I mean, I mean, it's not as... You shouldn't talk about it like like, like, like. I think you should. I think mental illness is like everybody's been sick. I mean, my dog died. My dog died. Get this. And I was depressed for a few months. I mean, I knew it. I wasn't sleeping right. I was sleeping a lot. I wasn't eating right. But this is all from a dog death. So imagine your, the trauma in your life that can affect you. And it can affect people in different ways. Now, Ryan Garcia, uh, he's got two different kids from two different ladies. Of course, he was caught on uh, DMZ or something like that about a month and a half ago, two months ago. kissing on some girl, the girl he lives with, wasn't happy about that. So uh, evidently he patched things up. But, you know, he hasn't been the, the smoothest guy outside of the ring. And then I saw him on that telecast, I guess at Zone telecast about a month and a half ago. And I thought maybe... He was a little buzzed. He's like, you know, he's a little aloof, a little aloof to him. So then about a month later, he comes up with this diagnosis or this admission where he's got anxiety and depression. He can't fight uh, in July against, you know, it's sad. It's just sad. It just really is. I mean, Javier Fortuna is not the greatest guy in the world, but he can't fight. He will come in shape. He will keep coming forward. You will have to stop him in order to beat him. Okay, and people like Larry again had doubts in Ryan Garcia. Hector has doubts in Ryan Garcia. I don't have that many doubts in him physically and or emotionally. I don't. I think the kid will come back emotionally. I think sort of it's a good thing if you know your shortcomings. I mean, it's not a good thing to admit them. I mean, I wouldn't have went with the emotional thing. If I have emotional issues, I'm not going to be coming out and telling people about that. It's not something you want to put on the front page of Fight News. You just don't want to do that. ESPN, you just don't want to do that. I mean, I would have said, you know, uh, I hurt my back or, you know, something something like that. That's what guys used to say. When guys had problems, you know, they hurt their back or they were doing sit-ups, they twisted their back and pulled a muscle or something like that, and you need to take, you know, four or five or six weeks off and, and you can't fight. Okay, so that's the way it's done. But an emotional issue, coming out with this emotional issue, it's a sign of bravery, but it, to some people it's going gonna, it's gonna to alienate them because they're going to look at Ryan Garcia as a lesser person he is because he admitted the fact that he has these emotional shortcomings. And guess what? We all have emotional shortcomings. Believe me, we all have emotional shortcomings. Look in the mirror. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV. After the break, we go across the pond and bring in Sir Kenneth. I'm talking about... Kenny Rainford, the man from the UK. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. WBC Boxing TV coming to you live, of course, on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel.
3: 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780.
14: Your outdoor experiences
4: could be better. Clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and they're nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canaan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Canaan designs and manufactures are high-performance eyewear to be clearly better than any sunglasses you've tried before. Use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canaan,
13: Clearly better.
1: Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. Birthdays in the house. Emma turns 13, Evelyn
2: turns 45. That's tomorrow, May the 3rd, of course. They are the Burroughs family from St. Louis. Straight up, happy birthday to the two of them. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC Boxing TV. We take it to the U.K. and bring in Sir Kenneth Rainford. Sir Kenny, how
15: are you today, sir? I'm good, I'm good. As any would say, I woke up this morning.
2: Okay, good <laughs> enough. Derek Chisora, uh, supposedly long in the tooth, he gave Joseph Parker a good run yesterday.
15: Well, I watched the fight live last night and depending on what way you view a fight, um, I had Chisora winning the fight. I thought Parker was lazy. Um, Chisora was doing an awful lot of body attacking, body punching. Um, and I think the judging was basically you're either a Joe Frazier type, uh, judge or an Ali type judge that goes for the headshots. Um, I personally think Chisora deserved the win. I really did. I thought he worked hard and, he, uh, he won m- most of the rounds for me.
2: Is, is Joseph Parker like the most undeserving heavyweight that there is? I mean, the guy sort of got by not being much.
15: Yeah. And you know, the frustrating thing with him is he's like Andy Ruiz. He has real fast hands, real sharp shots. He's got a real good jab. He's got real fast hands, good sharp sh- shots, but he's just, uh, he's lazy. He just, he just didn't seem to have any confidence in his, uh, in his, in his fitness. Yeah, no doubt about that. And of course,
2: um, I don't even want to get in depth on that one. Um, next week, Billy Joe Sanders, of course, from the UK is going to take on Canelo Alvarez. Of course, I guess he's close to, uh, close to the, if not over here in the United States. He's, where is he training? Is he here in the United States already?
15: Oh yeah, he's been there a week already. Yeah. All right. Tyson Fury's over there with him.
2: Okay. Speaking of Tyson Fury, are those guys ever going to fight?
15: Well, I'm told the fight is definitely going to happen. Um, it's just all politics. It's, it's getting stupid now because, you know, the promote. I, I heard a, a statement from Bob Aram to say it's dead in the water. I'm told otherwise. I'm told the fight is definitely going to happen. June I, I, is going to be updated. But, and-
2: but you've been saying that. And you, you and I have been telling our people that for like six or seven months now. I mean, we've got to either get or spit or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying?
15: Yeah, definitely. You know they got to get the finger out and 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 give the fans what they deserve and what what, what what's right, you know, and uh, and, and get the fights on. The longer the the longer the they drag it out, the, the less exciting the fight's going to be for me because the two of them is going stale in gymnasiums.
2: Okay, okay. Chazora, you thought one last night. What about the ladies'
15: fight? What did you think of that one? I thought it was a great fight. I thought uh, I scored that fight as a draw. Um Again, Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor was the busy fighter. But if you got, you got to look at what she was hitting, gloves, elbows, you know, Jonas had a good tight defense and she was throwing some damn, damn good shots, some good powerful shots. And, you know, she hurt Casey Taylor three or four times for me. And I, I scored that fight without being impartial. I scored it a draw. Okay. The scores were 96 94,
2: uh, 6 4 in rounds, 96 95. Uh, wow. One point, 96 95 twice. Uh, does this deserve a rematch?
15: Definitely. Def- it was the fight of the night, you know.
2: And they were amateur rivals at one point. They they, they fought before as amateurs.
15: Yeah, they fought in the Olympics, I believe.
2: In the Olympics, oh man! So <laughs> Katie Taylor yeah. gets a gets a close one here. Um, women's boxing. I don't think Clarissa Shields is the face of women's boxing. Some people think she is, but I really think there's there's young girls coming up. There's super bad Estrada, Ciencia Estrada. I don't know if you saw her or not, but she was in action yeah. a few weeks ago. There are women coming up that are starting to make me want to be, want to be women's boxing fans again, because for a long time I wasn't.
15: Mm. The intriguing thing about the women's boxing is the two minute rounds. Because it's a two minute round, it's a psychological thing. They just go hell for leather. They just go right out the blocks. No messing about, no, 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 no finding. Just straight in, straight in for the kill, you know, and this is, this is probably one of the reasons it's making, it's making real good, exciting fights.
2: Okay, 9-1 under the Nine to one underdog, Giovanni Straffen, 24, 3 and 1, 16 kills, knocked out former world title challenger, James Tennyson in the first round, 28 and 4, 24 kills. I guess that was the upset of the night, huh? Nine to one?
15: Oh, without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> a doubt. If, if we only had a looking glass. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, what about Chris Eubank? How's Chris Eubank looking? He's looking good, um, looking real good, in fact. Um, but the one, the ones that so match up to is out of the two of them, Conor Ben's the better fighter.
2: Okay, so are they going to hook it up for the Battle of England, or are they going to go separate ways before they do
15: that? Uh, they'll go separate ways before they do that. You know,
2: <sighs> you know, don't you think they could make like a fistful of money right away? And if they, if they did it right the first time and it was competitive, they could do it again.
15: Yeah the the problem the problem is Pedro as you know in the seventies and eighties if you were a good fighter you were matched against uh, you know the 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 top fighters now boxing has become a business it's like they want to protect the fighter uh, for the maximum amount of time to get him as much money as they can and then you know it's 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 crazy and and they're missing out on these great fights that you know which we're all missing out on.
2: But, but but let's be honest. You know, great fights. You know, you could watch a hundred fights, and you're probably not going to get the same amount. Of, if you watch a hundred fights and a hundred baseball games, I think Max Kellerman told me this about 25 years ago. But if you watch a hundred baseball games and a hundred boxing matches, you would probably get find more percentage wise. There would be a higher percentage of baseball games that are entertaining outside of boxing matches. What I'm trying to say is, boxing is rare and few. You don't have that many great fights.
15: No. That's right, and particularly today, you know, the, the the great fights today are in the in the lower weight classes, the heavyweight heavyweight division, and you know the light heavyweight divisions and stuff like this. You know, they're not producing the fights like you know Matt Franklin provided, like Arlie and Holmes provided, and Joe Frazier. Ah, oh, we, we were we were so spoiled back then. Now it's like watching some of these fights. It's like watching grass grow. You know, yeah, you know,
2: the late Matthew Saad Muhammad, you're talking about Matt Franklin there. That's who he was born. Matt Franklin, of course, the former WBC champion passed away a few years ago. He, uh, oh, I, 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 I watched him give his all. Like it was like he was almost willing. I mean, he was willing to die to win. He would, he would throw it all out there.
15: Yeah. Yaki Lopez for one. What a fight that was.
2: Yeah. And Yaki, of course, he and I sat together at a Northern California boxing, uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame dinner. I guess that was about, ah, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. And he's still very lucid. He talks real well. I mean, for all the, all the punches he took, that he had taken in his time, the residual effects did not, didn't, are, are not apparent.
15: Yeah. I was, I was with Yockey Lopez four years ago, uh, four years ago yesterday, in fact, at the, uh, the California Boxing Hall of Fame when I inducted Ernie into the, uh, I, I gave the speech to induct Ernie into the California Boxing Hall of Fame and, we were there and, you know, we were reminiscing about, you know, it, it was his birthday the other day, the great Eddie Mustafa Muhammad, you know, just, just so, so, so competitive fighters back then. And of course, Britain's own John Conte. Yeah, John Conte. Wow. I can't, I can't.
2: You know, some, some great memories there. Um, as far as pound for pound yeah. concerned, who's the best fighter pound for pound in all the UK? Uh,
15: in all the UK at the moment, you probably, I would probably, I thought he's got a bit to prove. Yeah, I'll be leaning towards Conor Ben.
2: I, I knew you were going to come up with that. Of course, the, the son of the dark destroyer Nigel Ben. You know, it's so hard for 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 a fruit to fall off the tree and be as good as the tree itself. You think this kid's got a shot? Maybe being as good as his father.
15: I really do. Maybe not. Maybe not quite as good as his father. He's got a chance of being a real good champion because he, he wasn't given. A rich kid's upbringing, if you understand what I mean. He's, he's had to fight for what he's got, you know, he, you know, he's, he's, although he's, although he's Nigel's son, he came from a, a broken home and, you know, he, he never had it as, as great as, you know, should we say Chris Eubank's son, you know, he's a, he's a bit more hungrier.
2: You know, like, you mean like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.'s kid when his father, uh, yeah. Grew up. His father was living in a railroad car in Tijuana. That's where he was living when he was doing four round fights. Living in a railroad car, and then he's Our living in mansions. The kids live in mansions, so you can't expect it to be, the kid to be nearly as hungry as the father.
15: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. You know, and when you talk about when you talk about hungry fighters, I will tell you now, my, my my hungriest fighter of all time is the great Jack Dempsey. Some of the stories I heard about this guy used to travel from town to town on the rail railroads, hanging onto rail lines. And he wouldn't eat for three and four days. Yeah, he was a mad dude. Now, real quick, i
2: got like a minute and a half left. The Nigel ben Gerald McClellan fight, I was of the opinion the referee blew that fight and probably should have called that a fight, a knockout in the first round from McClellan. What did you
15: think? No, I'd I'd go along with the the, the, the end results. I think you've got to give, in a championship fight, you've got to give champion and challenger the, the, the maximum you know, it's, it's a world title fight. But well, he got knocked into have... the
2: second row. <laughs> he got knocked into the second row and it took him longer than 10 seconds to get back.
15: <laughs> I think it's like wrestling. You get an extra five seconds
2: once you're out the ring. <laughs> you know, you're the greatest when it comes to boxing from the UK. I want to thank you so much. And, and of course your wife gets upset. She's got to get upset because it's late on Sunday night there. So I thank you for your time each and every week, my brother. God bless you.
15: You too. Take it easy.
2: The great Kenny Rainford, of course, on Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV. After the breakup coming, of course, I'll bring you to the um, the soft side of Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cash's play back in 1966. Of course, taking on a bunch of women. Ali versus women. What could go wrong? Think about that. What could go wrong? Anyway, I've got some texts to get to after the break as well. You can text me here in the studio. The text number, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Don't forget, six days away. Canelo Alvarez, the once-beaten pound-for-pound king on boxing, taking on undefeated Billy Joe Sanders, only on The Zone.
10: Everyone says, I wish I was in your shoe, I wish I was in your shoe. The people, the hundreds of people that wish they were in my shoe don't know the tenth of it. If they were in my shoe, they would cry like babies.
3: That's a sobering thought.
12: Head to ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living. And you can get yours at ReliefFactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom. Get back to living at ReliefFactor.com.
1: You're listening to Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez, brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC, right here on Sports Bio. The first song ever
2: written by Emilio Castillo, the founding member of Tower of Power. You're still a young man, of course. He wrote this about a girl, and he never told the girl he wrote the song about a song about her. He never told her, and she died. So I thought it was sort of cold. He should have told her. But the bottom line is, classic tune, Rick Stevens, the late Rick Stevens on lead, 1972. The mighty Tower of Power. You're still a young man, of course. Kupka, Stephen Kupka, of course, the Funky Doctor, and Emilio Castillo. Kupka Castillo, that is the writing team of Kupka Castillo, Tower of Power. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, aka WBC Boxing TV, of course, June 5th and June 6th. Boxing in Miami, of course, for South Florida fans, especially, obviously, two major pay-per-view events. Wow. Saturday's Triller Pain event, pay-per-view event will be undefeated, undisputed World Lightweight champion Fimo Lopez against George Cambrosis, of course, Cambosis, of course, plus ring legend. Uh, Evander the Real Deal Holyfield against the Clones Colossus, Kevin McBride. Let me tell you about Kevin McBride. Kevin McBride, if he would have fought me, in, I wish to God he would have fought in the Golden Gloves here in San Francisco. I would have let him fight as a heavyweight, and I would have beat him. He was, like, pathetic, just pathetic. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, I couldn't believe he won the fight, so he didn't. And then, of course, his big claim to fame was Mike Tyson, sort of like, Laid down against him. Mike Mike was like all fat and not really out of, really not in good shape, did not emotionally together the whole nine yards. And that was Mike Tyson's last fight, I think in 2000. Was it 2004? We did that in Washington, D.C. I think it was in 2004 in Washington, D.C. But the bottom line is Tyson got lit up by Kevin McBride, and Kevin McBride's going to take on uh, uh, Evander Holyfield in this battle of old timers, of course. The idea, the concept is if, you know, he can beat up on McBride, evidently lure Tyson back out into a fight. Evidently, Mike Tyson a guy that doesn't want to go into a real fight with Evander Holyfield. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Holyfield, McBride, mm, let's just go with the main event. We'll talk about George Cambosa's undefeated. taking on, of course, the uh, World Lightweight Champion, Mr. Tiafimo Lopez, as well undefeated. Battle of O's. Some of these O's got to go. And on Sunday, Showtime pay-per-view will bring in the exhibition clash between ring legend Floyd Mayweather and YouTuber Logan Paul. Do I sound excited? You know what to get up for that you'd probably have to give me how much is how much how much is a 150-year-old man how much Viagra does a 150-year-old man have to take All right. well give me enough Viagra for a 300 hundred pound man 300-year-old man and I don't, still don't think I could perform not watching this one I mean this is not going to be it Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul is going to be at the uh, Hard Rock Stadium home of the Miami Dolphins and I guess they're going to put a lot of people in there but Showtime pay-per-view is going to do the exhibition class between Mayweather and Logan Paul, grudge, grudge, grudge. But anyway, bottom line is I'm not up on Mayweather. I'm not up on Logan Paul. I'm not up on the other guy, Jake Paul. I don't know what these guys are, the YouTubers. I don't know what a YouTuber means. I have no idea. Bottom line is they're going to make some money, I guess. And this is not boxing. This is a different sport. This is a different – this is not boxing. I know – female Lopez is boxing, but this this other thing is not boxing. It's sort of like a it's like a freak type of thing. I don't know. To, I I, I got to talk about that a little bit later. Anyway, bottom line is, I promise you, promised you, Muhammad Ali. Of course, back in the nineteen sixties, taking on a bunch of um, ladies from the UK, as far as the British press were concerned, it's pretty funny.
11: Would you clear this up for me, please? Have you and Malcolm X, the man who helped convert you to the Black Muslim movement, have the two of you split?
10: Well, number one, it's not black Muslim. It's Muslim. Black is the name given to it by the press. It's not black Muslim. It's Muslim. And, uh, uh, and uh, when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad cuts a man off, well, then he's automatically cut off with all of his followers. And uh, a lot of people call it a split. It's not a split. He's just one individual who, as we say, went astray. And uh, when, uh, when, say, like, two governments split, one leader takes half, another leader takes half. Malcolm X is just there, and this is not a split. It's not, he's not big enough to be called a split.
11: Well, my newspaper carried a story saying, upon your return from Africa, you refused to stay at the Teresa Hotel, your former headquarters. Well, that's headquarters right. My leader
10: told me, not my leader, but various officials said that it wouldn't be nice being in the same hotel that he was in, and whatever they say, go. Georgiana uh,
11: O'Kay, New York World Telegram. You just said that uh, your leader, Elijah Muhammad, has a program uh, that is the final answer for American Negroes. Can you give us one or two points in this program?
10: Well, what I would say is that time will tell. You have 22 million people wanting to integrate, pushing, integrating, and dying for integration and what they want, And when they don't get it, and when you get tired of beating them side to the head with clubs, when you get tired of putting dogs on them, when you get tired of killing them, well, it won't be for one way for them to turn, and that's, too, our leading teacher.
11: How do you feel about the, uh, the white persons who are risking danger right now
10: to help the Negro integrate? Well, they, uh, I feel that you have one or two people acting other than themselves, but uh, we have people such as New York City Los Angeles, California, Chicago, all of these good northern cities. I don't see why they can't go on down and straighten out a few bad people. I can't let one or two people blind me to uh, facts and reality.
11: Many of the people who are now uh, working in the South to help the Negro voters register are white persons. Do you, do you feel these people are allies
10: of yours and of your religion? No, they're they good people, and for the cause they're fighting, uh, uh, they believe they're right, and that's all right. We have millions of people out of jobs. We have millions of people homeless, and, and the economical situation of the country is going, and just the integration and the right to go in a restaurant is not going to solve nothing. Um, uh,
11: Mr. Clay, a man's religion, of course, is a very personal thing, but would I be prying too much if I ask you why your conversion from Christian to Muslim?
10: First of all, I'm going to say I have a new name now. It's Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali yeah. <laughs> Uh, Well, uh, after hearing the leading, our teacher, our teacher, teaches us all about, we're a nation of 20 million people that have no knowledge of self, that's a fact. We're a nation of 22 million people that have other names than our own kind, that's a fact. We're a nation of 22 million people who uh, have no unity among us whatsoever, that's a fact. We're a nation of 22 million people that no one wants to be bothered with or even socialized with, that's a fact. We're a nation of 22 million people who are from another land. And when we were in that land, we had a religion, we had a name, we had a god. And after hearing the teachings of our leader, a man's mind is never the same again, mm-hmm. and you can't help from uh, being converted to the religion of Islam. Because I just I was invited to 14 Islamic countries, and these people uh, uh, are the oldest people on the planet. So whatever whatever they had was first. So whatever they had must be better than something 2,000 years old.
11: Uh, to get back to your attitude toward the white man, uh, you've been quoted as saying, why should I hate the white man because the uh, white man's money made me what I am. Is, uh,
10: uh, was that... Uh, no, I've never said that. You've never said that? Not like that. They've, they've had, they, they call <laughs> us people. They call us, uh, they say, Muslims hate people. That sounds real ignorant on the part of a white saying something like that when, when as a whole, uh we are the victims of hate we are the ones that are hated and we're the ones who are stoned and blowed up and killed and beat up every day and mistreated like animals so we can't be no haters if if uh they call our leader hate teacher if the uh, black people don't hate the white people after 400 years then it's too late for somebody to teach them hate
11: muhammad ali while you were in cairo a pamphlet about elijah muhammad's Muslim movement was prepared and distributed by our United States Embassy there. According to reliable reports, this pamphlet is uncomplimentary and attacks Elijah Muhammad's Muslim movement. Did you see this pamphlet while you were visiting no, the UAR?
10: No, <clears throat> ma'am, I did not see that pamphlet, and I don't believe that's true. Uh, anybody attacking the Elijah Muhammad would be run out of Egypt. I talked to President Nasser... And all kind of Islamic officials, of the scholars and the Al Azhar, the oldest college in Egypt, and everybody sends their greetings and their love. And he and he was welcome, a open invitation to come to Cairo whenever he can. He and his family, and everybody talks about him all day. And they just love him. And I don't see, I don't. That's that's not true.
11: Uh, while you were in Egypt, you were quoted as saying, "How is it going to look when I go home to my hometown?" and am treated, uh, like a, like an animal. No. Are you mistreated in this country No, ma'am. So?
10: I'm never treated like an animal. No one, no one will lay a hand on me. But, uh, I didn't say exactly that. Uh, that's one thing that I know that our leader teaches the truth about when he, he says that the average person here is hypocritical and lie. I've said so many things that were actually straight out twisted. And, and, uh, uh but I said that, uh, uh, many of our people, it's not—it's it's a plain fact how our people are treated here in this country. Uh,
11: you feel that many of your people are treated like animals, but that you yourself have not been—is that? Uh, uh, is no, that they're not—they're
10: not treated like animals as long as they stay in the place. As soon as they get out of the place, then they might get killed. Remember That's Ali, a fact. Excuse me. A few minutes ago, you, in an answer to a question from Gay Paula, you kept saying, "We're a nation," "We're a nation." You said that about four or five times, and I'm curious. When you say we, the Negro people, are a nation, are you apart from the American nation? Do you leader, feel that you're separate? Well, our leader teaches us that we are a nation within a nation. There are 27 million people in Egypt, and there are about that many Negroes in America, so-called Negroes. Well, if you have 27 million black people here, then that's a nation within a nation. It's a fact that this is not our nation. Every day that's proved bad whites, part of whites, that this is not our nation. That you don't consider yourself first an American? No, sir. No, First sir. you are what? Proud to say no. First I'm a black man. I'm an Afro-American. See, if a Chinese is born here, he's called a Chinese-American. If an Indian is born no, here, he's no, called no. indian he may be called an American of Chinese origin. Depends on how you want to put it. Well, I'm not no American. I'm a black man. I, it, I wouldn't want to of myself like that because my country is old as you can't date the history of my people and i would be cutting my history off if i just say i'm american first and that's only 510 years old <laughs> so i'm proud to say i'm of africa i see
2: muhammad ali talking about the police shooting people black people in in, in 1960 in the 1960s jesus, jesus we could have played that like today yeah we could play that today because that's what's happening today i mean after the uh the, uh, the cop was convicted over there in Minneapolis. Mr. William mentioned his name. And he, after he was convicted, I think they were like within 24 hours, I think there was like four people shot, like two very suspiciously. So the bottom line is, you know, when I was a cop, I pulled my gun a lot. I did. I worked in Hunter's Point. I worked in the Bayview. I worked in the Western Edition. It's from rough times. This is the beginning of that crack era in the 80s, okay? So I, I care. But a lot of times I had a twenty-five caliber gun in my little pocket here, in my little coat pocket, and then I pointed to people they didn't know that was being pointed at them, okay? But the bottom line is... You took your gun out, but you didn't shoot people. You didn't kill people. You don't shoot first and ask questions later. And I think that's what cops are doing nowadays. They're shooting first and asking questions later. And as far as like miss, miss, uh, miss, m- making a mistake from your taser to your real gun, this and that, they're different hands. The taser's held with the left hand. The gun's held with the right hand different hands. So, you know, it ain't going to happen. You can't get confused like that. Okay. The bottom line is cops are killing people in the United States and I'm a former cop. and It is very tough for me as a former policeman to try to defend policemen because people come to me. To, I mean, they asked me to come on radio shows and this and that, you know, defend the cops. I got a hard time doing that. I mean, you know, how do you defend a guy? You shoot somebody in the back four or five times, then you lie in the police report. I mean, because that's what cops do. Cops Test a lie. That's the worst thing as far as police and arrests are concerned here in the United States is that this test a lying thing. People don't know what that is, but it's, it's test a lie. They they're testifying, but they're lying. So we call it test of lying. I kid you not. Anyway, changing subjects. Um, I've got to go to a funeral a little bit later today from Mr. Carlos Cortez. Of course, Annette Vega, that was his like st- her brother, her mother. And father raised this young man. He passed away about a week and a half ago, a postal employee at the age of 38 years old from a heart attack. Good Lord, 38 years old, a heart attack. I'm going to say may he rest in peace, but the funeral takes place a little bit later today. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it, WBC Boxing TV, of course. Next week we will rock and roll, same time, same channel. Saturday, of course, 11 a.m. Pacific time, we come to you for an hour live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, channel 217. Of course, live on Twitch.tv, Sports Island USA channel, and like a thousand other internet platforms. Of course, this is a Sunday edition, the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide and WBC Boxing TV coming to you Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time for two hours. That's 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Ring Talk Sunday, two hours on Sports
1: Byline. You tune to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the WBC, the World Boxing Council.
3: That's 800-846-2153.
4: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
5: I'm really worried about him, his addiction. I haven't seen him like this ever.
4: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
5: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help people who have felt your pain.
3: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
9: If what you're looking
10: for is real love, then what you see is what you get.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
10: Fernandez. The Mighty
1: Dramatics. Man, do I miss Ron
2: Banks. Ron was cool to hang around with. L.J. Reynolds, he he liked California weed. There's no doubt about that. But Ron Banks was really a personality and quite a player, no doubt about that. Of course, six days away, Canelo, Billy Joe Sanders, of course, live on The Zone. If you haven't got The Zone now... You probably should get it this week because this is worth it. I mean, I pay nine ninety nine a month. I think it's like it's double that. I think the actual charge is like nineteen ninety nine a month. But since I came in at the beginning, I was grandfathered in at this early rate. But the bottom line is, for nineteen ninety nine, if you're a boxing fan or an MMA fan, both, I mean, you get a little watch Bellator that kind of good stuff. But But the boxing end of it, I mean, they've got fights from all over the world. And of course, Barry Hearn trying to do his thing now. Barry Hearn's taking all his fights off of Sky TV in in, uh, in the UK and he's transferring them to the zone. So the zone's becoming bigger in the UK. Will they wipe out Sky Sports? Probably not. But Barry Hearn, he's sort of like. Don King, Bob Arum, all these guys put together right now. He's sort of controlling the big names in boxing right now. I'm talking about Barry Hearn, of course, of the U.K. I sort of had doubts about him. I sort of figured, you know, he was a mm, bit of a piece of work. But then again, every promoter is a bit of a piece of work to it It said, that's what a promoter is. He's full of spit with an H. That's what promoters do. They have to promote things. Bull spitting with an H. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. Your inside look at the world of boxing, MMA. My name is Pedro Fernandez. You know, there's a million things you would be doing right now, but the fact that you're tuned to Ring Talk Live World, either, live worldwide, either the audio or the visual, of course the video, come to you live on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, this has not been one of my greater shows. I mean, I've been falling apart all over the place. The producers in the other rooms tell me, don't worry about it. And I'm saying to myself, ah, it is what it is. But until next time. Peace, love, and a ton of respect. Don't forget, Ring Talk Live Worldwide airs live Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturday for Saturday for an hour, Sunday for two hours. And, of course, you can check us out all the ways on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel, both live and delayed. Until next time, Scott Cuddy producing this. I am Pedro Fernandez. Hey!